The following audios the expressed opinions of the hosts and guests and do not reflect investment advice or recommendations of any kind. All funny jokes or just jokes, so don't get it twisted. And that's how I made $60 billion last oh, week. Wow. Were we recording that? I, I sure hope so. I Damn. really do. That's only one. Yeah. You can only tell that once. You can't throw that out twice. So that's true. Hopefully everybody, that's hopefully true. everybody got that. Dang. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. How are you doing, man? I'm good, but we've been talking for like 20 minutes already. So you already <laughs> asked that question. <laughs> yeah, this is so true. This is so true. Hey, for all of our great listeners coming back and joining the club again, um, excited to break down some things. There's been some movement, right? So all our day one listeners out there, you know, you're probably listening to this podcast in the year 2026, so you know what's already happened. Um, but for us sitting here in the third week of January of 2023, this is all kind of brand new. I have we're, just said, here, we're just here with the crystal ball telling the future. That's all we're doing. <laughs> None of this is investment advice. Do not do any of this. But in between buying and trading stocks and managing portfolios, there is a dream of my sister's to be a travel influencer. And I am going to make that dream a reality, mainly because we made a bet. And that is the only way to get me to do something. But I started this account January 3rd, and I said, hey, by your birthday, February 5th, in one month, I'm going to have 10,000 followers on this account. Braden, I know I have gone absolutely crazy to you over the last few days but for everyone else that is still paying attention or pretending to pay attention they don't care at all and for the listeners you know listening to this podcast in 2026 being like oh he did it um with 22 million followers i am sitting after being at like 100 followers last week let's see what this is right here over seven thousand followers seven thousand one hundred forty two followers and two hundred and four thousand likes and that's in 21 <laughs> days that's in 21 days right yeah uh 23 23 if i did yeah january 3rd mm -hmm. unbelievable unbelievable what yeah. you can do whenever you just uh actually execute no with the world man i swear there's little bits and pieces that I feel like I'm tricking myself, like, oh, I'm figuring it out. But I think I am, like some parts of the algorithm. This video that I have, that I posted 10 days ago, has 1.8 million views. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I, I don't know if Shakira has a TikTok video with that many views. <laughs> <laughs> she probably does, but... But there is some Man. guy that builds Legos who probably has 1.8 million views on some random TikTok. It's amazing. <laughs> TikTok really hits out the niches, dude. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I, I think it's incredible. Um, so once February 5th hits, I get to gift this to my sister, a business, which if it has 10,000 followers, I was looking into this. There's like numerous different ways you can value like how... Um, how valuable that account is. If you did 10,000 followers in a month, then you technically can take your trajectory and just spin it out. And you shouldn't take anything less than $10,000, like a dollar per follower for this account. If it's an account you've had for years and years and years and you just got it to 10K, I don't, I don't know if that's as valuable. It's like the amount of videos that you have on the account yeah. and how many followers and likes you have on the account determines part of that value. So this is like me giving my sister 10K. IRS, I, I, stop oh, listening to this right here. But this well, is like 10K. I, I, think, um, I think that's very interesting that you mentioned that. And for those of us who, you know, or, or for those of our listeners who work with the IRS, um, Please know that she is going to claim that ten thousand as a uh, you know taxable income, right? Am I right? Yeah, I'm not really giving. Can't, it can't give it. 
<laughs> you can't give her ten grand without give without her claiming it. So, yeah, you can. Isn't the gift tax like fifteen? Uh, yeah, it's 15. I don't know if it works for gift tax with business. You can't gift her ten thousand worth of um, baskets capital stock uh, without her claiming it. I guess you can gift it. I don't know. That's very interesting. Then you can't. Yeah. All right. Yeah, bring it back to being like I'm going to share the login. I'm going to share the login with her, and that's what it is. Isn't that great? So, yeah. boom. But if it sell, if it sells, right? If if it if you choose to sell it next year, who's going to get the capital from that? Her or you? I don't know. No. We get too into the weeds. The IRS I is pissed, dude. Home. I told you. <laughs> All these tax guys that listen to our podcast that love hearing us uh, talk—they're just waiting for us to mess up. Yeah, here's the fun fact: we're not going to sell them. There you go. Dun, dun, dun. Well, so yeah. any, anyway, I'm gonna hold on. I'm going to uh-huh. at some undetermined time. You will not know when. Hit you up off of an anonymous TikTok and offer to buy your TikTok, and we're gonna. <laughs> how far we can go in the process? How far we can go down the negotiation? It's gonna be great, dude. I don't want to make you feel that or like. Look at this. I'm just going to show you the notification. Why would I feel bad? What do you mean? That's true. I got nothing to I, bad about. If you message me, I have no idea how to find it. I don't have time. Oh, do you get a lot of messages? Through. Buddy, I get like 40,000 likes a day. Like That's I just ding, ding, ding. I, I don't have it turned on my phone. Oh, I'm like, I got it off. Yeah, you got to turn it off. I'm, at some point. I'm, not, I'm not going through that. If someone <laughs> messages me. I don't see it. It's fine. (laughs) It's all good. Hard to be a celebrity these days, isn't it? Run a podcast, super successful TikTok. It is. It is. 2026 to uh, make things happen. But it's it's the year of 2023. Content is king. So spinoff of that, I've got the first thing that I've really poured into. And we've talked about this a little bit already. I know everybody's tired, maybe, of listening to AI tools, but I did not share this part with you because I know you're going to just jump in front of oncoming traffic to get this tool. So I already told you about this great little automation that I made to basically plug in thoughts or sentences or facts and get Twitter threads or just simple tweets from open ai you just input it into a simple button click go and it shoots out everything you want you can have it automatically send to you or what i've kind of figured out is (laughs) uh maybe not the best part automatically just tweet it out without (laughs) any type of uh you did learn your lesson there i think (laughs) yeah yeah any any type of final draft revisions of course but the fun part about that is um, I just set it up so it was like go to my email and then I can just copy and paste it into tweets and create threads or whatever I want as I want. But I've figured out this part of the tool that you can automate so that you can scan LinkedIn profiles, send people emails. Most of the time, it's like a recruiting email of like, Hey, saw your profile, saw you do X, Y, Z, would love to see if you're interested in joining our team. And it's two clicks. Interesting. And it's probably going to be extremely impactful and then take a huge dive because everyone realizes it's just AI or generative language. But if you tweak it enough, you can say like, hey, saw you volunteered at Habitat for Humanity. That's cool. I did that too. You can just input that value if anyone shares the same volunteer experience. Like it is so cool that you can start to twist and turn how this works. And I have created this tool that auto generates any email that you want. So you can get emails from people saying, hey, please invest in my startup or product or whatever. And you could auto-generate an email that's like a polite decline. Hey, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> and like keep sending that out. I get those emails all the time. Or in your case, I know you're doing a lot of consulting for PE, et cetera, groups. You can create tons and tons of emails 
send it all out with the fill in the variable blanks. And then, you know, the two days a week that you're spending on that, I can narrow it down to an hour for you right yeah. now. <coughs> that is interesting. <coughs> I'm really glad you're getting I this comment on the podcast. <laughs> that. Um, wow. Uh, no, that is interesting. I'm more interested in the recruiting side of things and scanning people's LinkedIn. That's- yeah, for all of our listeners, Braden was like <laughs> throwing himself against the wall there, choking himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still don't feel okay, but that's all right. I can hold in my coughs. Um, that was bad. Water down the wrong pipe. So, no, man, that's very interesting. Um, what are you going to do with it? Uh, I mean, it exists. Like, tons of people can have this. Like, I, I'm not the first person. You don't person have any good ideas make. for it? I mean, no, like you, you can do it, but I there's so many tools out there that you can pay $3, $10 a month now, and it'll do the same thing. I was just like, eh, I'd rather just try to make that and see if I can. So now I did. You, now you need to charge. Market and charge. I, I, I do not. I'm going to give it to you. You do that. I do not care to do that. What about AI generative marketing? Can AI build marketing for you? Well, yeah, it can use, I mean, are you talking about blog posts? Yes. Or no, I'm talking are you talking about, about Facebook what? ads? Can it create a Facebook ad for you? Can it create an Instagram ad for you? Because here's my thought process mm-hmm. is have AI create marketing advertisements about an AI generative email or LinkedIn messaging tool, and then create another tool for the AI to market AI marketing and AI marketing for, then you really get deep into the, into the levels and see how, see how far AI could go. But man, that's something that if AI could market for me, I would be like, I'll pay that anytime. Hmm. The outbound sales and outbound emails and stuff, I, me personally, I like to be very, very, um, right. I only send, I maybe only send four a day because I like to get oh, everything okay. about a person. I like to get everything about a person. I will, I will look through everything about them and try and hit as many things that are in common or that are important as possible. So it doesn't yeah. make sense for me to send out. I don't send out mass cold emails, right. Or mass emails. That's just like, Hey, change the name and, name of company and, and have this thing. Um, but right. If I could get marketing and have people come to me, that would be like, yeah, if I could just hit go like, like you do on Twitter and just have AI, like generate marketing and, and go buy ads on Facebook. That'd be awesome. Yeah. You're basically not wanting, I hear what you're saying, not wanting to spend the time or money trying to create a really good ad. If you could just have an AI tool do it for you. See, I differ from you on that in the sense that I think it's worth it to come up with like a really good Facebook ad. And if you can think it through, then you put it out there. Like right now I'm running some for baskets and it's literally generating nothing, but it's a patient waiting game. Oh, we've only been doing it for a few weeks. Um, Cost, you know, per link click is about 37 cents. And my CTR is pretty bad at 3.45% right now. So a click-through rate. Um, it's not doing fantastic. And it's just supposed to drive in uh, potential, I don't know, contacts, emails, things like that, sales funnel style. And I made the ad, it gets a lot of views, it gets a ton of engagement, but the clicks aren't coming in. I got to figure it out. But I made the ad to basically, it's a GIF. So I had this idea of everybody likes a short form video, but if you just have like a screen changing, uh, that would be really cool. Oh, just upload a GIF. (laughs) And the GIF is the ad. And so it's these two people just kind of looking at different destinations or landscapes. And the landscape changes like every second. And so it's eye catching because it's not just a still photo, but it's not a video where anything is moving besides the changing background. I was like, that's really good. And I got the idea from like some inspiration post or blog on like creating Facebook ads um, of (laughs) like a 
a clothing brand doing something similar or something where they're like, yeah, just change the background. I was like, boom. But high engagement, very low click rate. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I say like there's more, if you put more time into the ad, it could be worth it. But I don't know. I think you're doing better I'm, on TikTok. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm striking out heavily <laughs> right now with these Facebook ads compared to TikTok. So it just, it just depends. Um, but I think these AI tools, my wife, we, uh, we're starting to do this thing and we just um, had one dinner, but I want you and Meg to come over for the next one. But there's this concept that my uncle and his family came up with, or maybe saw from someone else called Jeffersonian dinners. And do you know where I'm going with this? Do you know the story? I know Jeffersonian dinners. Okay. No, they're political, well, aren't they? No, explain your take on them. Because I just know it from the name, from what my uncle shared with us. I think what I knew about it was like, they are structured dinners for structured conversation and thought leadership. So you invite people over for a dinner. You have some sort of schedule that you're following. Everybody gets to talk about their opinion on a certain subject or certain idea. Um, and then there's there's like structured back and forth time. So it's like a, it's just a structured time dinner. Is that correct? Yeah. No, that, that's it. Correct. Uh, spot on. It's just we don't really do anything political with it. We're just asking three to five really thought provoking questions. And that's kind of the whole conversation. And you just eat dinner while you do it. Um, but we one of the questions my wife asked because she's a graphic designer was. How is AI going to affect my job and my career? And the consensus was a lot of people said, man, they're doing a lot of things that I know I have to do and like takes up my time. And some people may not need to hire me on the freelance project if they can just pour it into the AI. But similar to the internet, I think it's just going to be a phenomenal tool for me to just master and then do a ton more. So instead of being able to do a project per week, I can do six per week because yeah. I can still get a little bit of mastery over XYZ and then get paid to do it. Yeah. So that, that seemed pretty fun. But yeah. You so you guys, had several people come over and do it? Yeah. What if, here, spin it. What if you and I did that and all these founders that we're getting in touch with, we invite them to this dinner? Yes. Isn't that great? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and ask similar questions, right? Like structure that. I mean, that is exactly what you would want to do. And it's perfect because... We can go to some restaurant or something and obviously we pay for it and like we could get like a actual structured dinner, right? Like a, you know, like a plated dinner that's like, oh, you know, you don't really get to order off the menu, but we're having these things and much more structured. But yeah, dude, that's perfect. I think that's I think cool. that would be good. And then what you do with the group is you keep it select and it's just like invite in, but you spin it to where you're not committed with the questions every time. It's like, hey. If you, you know, you're a part of this group, you know, the next month you come up with the place to eat and you have to come up with the questions. So it's just like the, it's a really fun, engaging dinner. And you can do it with a lot of people that entrepreneur minded and et cetera. I think that would be really fun. Just another way to build um, a community. And I could go totally yeah. routes with it, right? I mean, we could get a sponsor, like a restaurant sponsor, and just tell them, like, yeah, you know, you sponsor the food. Everybody will pay for their drinks um, and, and have it kind of be free. I think one person should at least host it every time or put it together. Like, it should be us that hosts it and puts it together. And every time we invite people and people eventually want to fight for invites, right? And they're like, hey, actually, I want to go to that one or whatever. Maybe yeah. you charge for invites or whatever. I mean, that's... You could do a you could do an Austin staple like Pine House Pizza. This it's is pretty exactly, good. This is exactly what Benjamin Franklin did um, before Jeffersonian dinners were like a thing. Benjamin Franklin like had a little club of buddies that would meet and have structured debates and structured conversation, and they would like have writings and and all kinds of stuff like thought leadership. And that's what, what was the like, what was the club called? Um, shoot, that's a good question. Uh, 
put you on the spot. I know the name. Um, yeah, it, there's a, they had a name for it. But anyway, that's where like the invention of fire stations came from and the invention of libraries and like all kinds of stuff came from his, his group, his group of boys that just like all would meet up and have these conversations. That's really cool. I thought you said, uh, or we're going to say, yeah, that's where the invention of fire came from. <laughs> no, not the invention of fire. Fire's that's crazy. They, they just developed it finally in the 1700s. Super smart. Um, Does it say what the okay. name was? No, it was it's just giving me, yeah, it's just giving me. Junto, the Junto Club. Yeah, the Junto. That's what it was. Junto. It. J-U-N-T-O. J-U-N-T-O. That's what we're going to call ours because that's what I've always wanted to have as a Junto club, dude. I've always tried to put it together. I actually, at one point back in like 2019, had a group of people that was the Junto crew that we like, we tried to have meetings, but it never really ended up working out. But um, that's not going to happen here. We're going to do it. So we're going to invite people and say like, hey, we'll buy you dinner. Come here. We're just going to get together. We like what you're doing. Uh, This is basically an interview process where we want to see if you'll belong in this club, blah, blah, blah. I love yeah, this here's idea. Topics, here's topics for the dinner. Yeah, Come and Pine House, Pine House isn't bad at all. Like one beer and one large pizza is like 30 bucks. It's so one large. Because what it is, dude, and it's my whole theory, which is like social media is great, but social media is taking us out of our communities. Like if we can do this in our community with people around us, it's literally like a Twitter space. But everybody's face to face and in person, and like I just think it's so much better. It's like a structured meetup instead of like a mar- uh, like uh, like uh, what's where I'm looking for a networking event where it's really awkward and everybody has to like make awkward introductions and talk about stuff that nobody cares about. It's like you actually get to know people and throw people up. So I think it's awesome. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, I know. Uh, we'll talk about this after. There's a few guys and gals that. I've seen through that list that we're connecting with that I'm like, yeah, we definitely just need to talk to this person. You're 21 years old and you've already made this company and it has 10 employees. Yep. We, we need to chat. Um, We have them on the pod, but also, I mean, we need to be tagging both of them. Right. And maybe that's how we tag who comes on the pod next. Sure. Uh, I mean, we're getting somebody on the pod next week, no matter what, like that's happening. But over time we'll start sending invites to these people to dinners and then, you know, it's, you know, it's really funny. Let me see if I can find it. Which email did I send? Ah, oh, this is so frustrating. Um, Sam Parr. What did he say? Dude, I have too many emails. What did he email? Oh, what did, did he, he say? Something? Uh, yeah, it was uh, not his email specifically. Oh, this is bothering the heck out of me. I'm going to pull it up. But he has this group. This is like his new thing. Um, and they do like big dinners. Yeah. And it's kind of funny that got it. Okay. So I used one of them. Hampton is the name of this private vetted group. Huh. So they're not really doing it around like dinners and all this other stuff. It's kind of just like a hey, we're a really tight-knit group. And basically the CEOs of all these different companies are, you know, super ambitious entrepreneurs. Um, oh, they have updated a ton on this website. Uh, but it's joinhampton.com. I'll send it to you right now. I'm basically outing him, but I think if I could sneak my way into trying to get it, then he's really not keeping it a super secret anymore, but I'm pretty sure they just have tons and tons and tons of super cool people as a part of this group. And you just show up and you probably do dinners and stuff like that, but it's not really the same thing as what we're trying to do with Junto Club. Close up. So damn close. Okay, what's the next thing? Yeah. Um, so once again, we're stealing from MFM and Sam Parr. Thank you, Sam. Uh, I had this great idea today, or it was pretty recently, of there needs to be a website totally directed to high school students 
where you can enter the degree you want and figure out from like associates or bachelors or whatever degree plan you can get, see what the cost of that entire educational experience would be, and then what jobs you can get with it. I don't know why this doesn't exist. I did only like an hour of research one night when I was like, oh, this is awesome. But for like a 17 year old thinking of going to college and like choosing a major and trying to figure out life, and they may be coming from a mid, you know, average or even not so well off background or family, financially wise, they should really, they should really kind of know some of the numbers. And oh, if I go get a two year degree, an associate's degree in XX major, that's probably not going to be terrific for my long term financial growth because this is what it limits me to versus kind of what I see right now is like, Oh, just try a major and you'll find what you love and then pick and choose, which is true. Right? Like I went to college and tried a bunch of classes and it helped me kind of figure out what I wanted, but, and maybe this is even still directed towards, you know, current college students where You just try to plan everything out and then it just explodes from there. The reason this can actually take off, you know, monetarily, or if you monetize it, you just get all these companies that are looking to hire graduates with this degree from whatever university and they just come in and it's just a super great job board. So it's like a funnel. It's like, Hey, we get these people in high school, they're going to college, they're studying they're mostly probably wanting internships. That's another thing. And then you just connect and pick and, you know, everyone kind of communicates through that. But there's no simple, hey, what are you thinking of studying? And this is probably what it costs. And these are the jobs that you can get. That doesn't exist. And I don't know why. That's interesting. I don't like shutting down ideas. I like to find the yes. Do it. No, do it. Uh, I just think it's too late. Right. I don't think we live in a world anymore where your degree matters. I don't, I think that we're getting more and more to where degrees don't matter. For example, both of us are in positions that had we put our degree plan in there, it probably wouldn't have been on the job board. Right. Um, or we've gotten, yeah. why I wouldn't be on the job board. So that's one, two. I don't know if people care that much going into college. Right. I know that you said it's kind of for the families that are, that are less well off that's actually expensive and they're taking out college loans, but still, man, mm. as an 18 year old, you almost don't care. I, I know I didn't care. I would have never used this. We took out college loans. We did all that stuff, but I would have never looked at it. Wouldn't have even thought to. So it's almost okay. like a tool for a market that doesn't exist. A cool tool. The tool is cool. The tool is cool. But it's like the you are right. Exist. That's that's probably cool. why a it doesn't exist. Is like, hey, it is actually useful, but is there an audience for it, or are you just building something that seems like a problem yeah. in your head? Because right. like you already passed it, you can look back and say, that's a problem. Those guys are stupid. They should figure that out. But then you're like, well, they just don't. You know? Well, it, it came from like a friend of a friend who is struggling because he went to two years of school, got an associate's degree and like can't go anywhere in his career. And he was like, I, I don't know what to do. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. But would have been great to know beforehand, but it's like, you know. He could go do something completely random and different at this point. I just think that, sure. like, I don't even know when the timeline was. Maybe it was, like, 80s, 90s, maybe early 2000s when, like, your degree and what you put on your degree in a resume actually mattered. And back then, mm. yeah, it would have been huge, right? Like, you're not going to get a finance job if you didn't study economics or finance or something, you know? But Right, right. Nowadays, it's just like, whatever. Oh, you studied physics? Great. You know, here. Start calling Good. people to tell them life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care. Yeah. Here you go. Figure it out. Yep. Anyway, uh, it's an interesting idea, but I don't know, man. Not one that gets me excited. Not one that would get me out of bed in the morning. Uh-huh. What else That's you got? Fair. That's fair. Other ideas? Um, yeah. Let me see. I got one that's oh. uh, 
All right, you you take it, and then I'll I'll hit something really fast. Cool. I came across across this one today. First and foremost, I saw somebody sent me a deal to do some some diligence on, um, and it's a liquor deal. So many of these deals exist. People trying to make their own spirits, brands, or whatever. It's basically just a marketing play, right? It's like, can I market better than the other 500,000 people out here trying to make a new whiskey or a new vodka? Um, everybody thinks they're going to be deep Eddie and sell out for hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, anyway, so this one came across the board and I'm going through the team and everybody they've hired to do stuff. And there was one nuance that I haven't seen before in these things. So I had somebody, a client from 49 actually, who um, bought into a vodka company. And the super sad thing that I see now, right? This was four years ago. Super sad thing I see now is that the owners and the original investors are still going out on Saturdays and Fridays and, and whatever, you know, kind of middle of the week things to these tastings in the middle of, of uh, total wine or specs, right? They're those people that are standing out there like handing out samples. Um, yeah. Anyway, this person hired a group called Texas uh, Brand Awareness or something like that, that only does that. And I was like, man, how easy would it be to just hire a couple? Really? college kids to go out on Saturdays and pay them for four hours of work, you know, 20 bucks an hour or something to just pass out somebody's whiskey and then charge those people, whatever thousand bucks or or 500 bucks or whatever for the weekend just to do it for them. Because I know for a fact, those owners and guys that are like, you know, trying to put it together do not want to be out there doing that. Like they would pay anything to get rid of that job. And so I was just like, man, what an easy gig to just like pass it off some guys, take a little cut off the top. And so you basically you hire a bunch of 21 year olds to you're saying go to a liquor store and like hand out go the samples. Sit and specs for on a sa- yeah, go sit in specs for four hours on a Saturday and hand out samples of the liquor. Um huh. and you know what I mean? Like, but if you do that, right, it's not great for one. But if you make an agency like what this group has done and you're doing that for 20 different groups or something, all of a sudden you got a little business going. That's like no effort, no, no energy put in. You just got to find somebody to go stand in. And could you, could you pull it in as like a commission thing? Could you say like, hey, if we sell this, we can generate this many sales. Possibly. That's, that's kind of interesting. I mean, it's you... not a, that is not a billion dollar business, but that's a million dollar business for sure. That's... That's a pretty, I'm going to try to poke holes in it. <laughs> a, they probably don't want to spend, but they would, if they're a startup whiskey, liquor type of brand, be very open to giving you a commission because they're like, hey, if I make money, you can make money. Possibly, yeah. You would just have to charge something pretty high to cover the $20 an hour. Too, I mean, you're, you're, you're looking in the mind of somebody that's broke. These guys aren't raising no money, right? Normally they're like successful CEOs who've already launched something from all the, I've seen like tons of these decks. I mean, there are just so many of them, but um, I mean, they're raising two or 3 million at a time. It's not like they don't have money and they're taking losses and going to raise in the next round. Like, I think that they just don't know this service exists. So they think that they have to be the ones out there doing that. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think they would pay for it. Obviously they would because this group's making money doing it. But I think you could charge them a fixed cost and commission. I think you charge them 500 bucks for the event, pay yeah. him like 300 bucks on his hourly work, keep 200 plus commission. Um, don't pay that guy any commission. He doesn't even know there's commission, right? The 21 year old is just getting paid hourly to go stand out there and do it. Um, yeah, but you gotta, you gotta get people that aren't like, you know, zombies they could Honestly, sell dude i would just get sorority girls <laughs> i'm being completely honest i know that sounds terrible but that's what i would do right that's not bad yeah pay them for 200 bucks or 300 bucks to go out on a saturday before they go out with their friends and do it obviously you have a problem on game days but you figure that out um and then it's just in dude i mean like i really i really don't hate this idea I went, through this business. I went through this guy's website and it was just the easiest website in the world, dude. And I was like, this is such What's a website? thing. Uh, hold on. I'll give it to you right now. History, Texas. 
Um, give me a minute. I got to go back to the original email that had all this stuff in it. Uh, da, da, da. I'm, I hate you because I'm actually falling more in love with this idea. Um, I need to know the regulations around like you're selling the liquor though. Texas, TexasBrandAmbassadors.com. TexasBrandAmbassadors.com. So you need a liquor license. And I'm then saying, you probably... Huh? What do you mean? The anyone specs has sells, a license. Yeah, but if you're selling inside of specs as a third party and you're not going to give specs, you're not cut. selling, right? Specs, specs has their stuff on their on the shelf, right? So you can buy it off the shelf from them. So specs is specs is the one selling it. You are just sitting there handing oh, it on specs property. Not, they're they're just not buying. You're just saying like, hey, do you mind if I stand here and hand out free samples? Have you ever been in specs and seen these people doing this? Yes, yes, yeah. I have. I thought you know, you're also saying like you make the sell there and like cut out specs so you make well, more money. Oh, definitely. You can't cut out specs. Uh, on rounds. No, yeah. specs has everything you need for this. I mean, go look at this guy's okay. TexasBrandAmbassadors.com. In stores and demonstrations and experimental events. Brand oh, this is just a Squarespace site, isn't it? Dude, yeah, it, called it's it. so simple. So simple. What? Street teams, special events, bartenders. I mean, they've kind of expanded a little bit, I guess. They have bartenders and stuff, but still. Who runs this? Let's see about. Oh, uh, this is. Should we send them an email and ask them to be on the podcast? Tell them we love your idea. No, I think we can just. Who are? Can we see who they serve? Uh, Service clients already? I or no? Maybe. Request quote. Hmm. Okay. So let's plan this out. In five minutes, less, no, in two minutes, step one, you just have to find the brands or uh, alcohol beverage or uh, some type of company to serve free drinks for and say, like, hey, we're basically a staffing agency and here are our models and they'll serve free drinks for you. And then you just tell us the locations. We've already worked with these different twin liquors or liquor stores or whatever, uh, where your product already is. Um, if you want to hire us out, so we'll serve, then we'll drive in more sales. We require this much on a fixed rate per hour. And then, we require like X percentage of bottles bought. Um, yeah, that's super easy. Okay, to take it's, take it's it a step before. Not a hard business. No, it's not. To take it a step before, you have to reach out to these liquor stores, and then be like, "Hey, uh, we represent some companies. Uh, we're trying to do free tasting. Um, we know in most of the liquor stores that we work with, they come up with ABC." Are you guys the same way? Um, and do you have a specific paperwork for your specific location? And I then they're they like, probably oh, handle oh. Of that. But yeah, I mean, that's, I think that that happens naturally. Like distributors get it into the, the liquor stores. There's probably a mm -hmm. contract that says you can do tastings this time, this time, this time, or whatever, right? Because Specs wants people to buy the liquor that's on the shelf too. Specs is sponsoring that and letting you come in and do it. I don't think we have to do any of that. We literally have to say, hey, you know, there's 500,000 people just like you. You probably don't know this, but you don't have to waste your time on a Saturday. We'll waste that time for you. Pay us this amount, right? And it's pennies compared to what they've raised to get this thing going. And then it's sure. hard, you know, okay, cool. And all we got to do is go through Specs. The business development's easy. Go yeah, you're going to be... Write yeah, down everything on their shelf and then go hit those people up. Right. And then you, but you got to show them product, right? Which this is the step before that. Like, hey, here are the people that will be like selling your product. And then here's case studies on like why it makes sense. Um, you have product that is just sitting on the shelves. We have space in the store itself and can put an actual human being for you know four six hours um let's talk you're getting way too oh. far into the business i think i mean that's 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 specs job right that's it's not our job to make that connection 
Like, think about this. This is what these guys did. No, right? no, 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 no. We we reach out to these brands like Tito's Vodka and be like, hey, Tito's, uh, you're at all of these locations. You're everywhere. Um, we'll help your sales growth because we are in liquor stores everywhere. And Who's we have an actual human stores? being. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. You're pretending like we are like in specs everywhere or something like that. Like we we're to- we're in this. We're, yeah, we're in the staff. We're the staffing agency in all these places. And then all we do is the same thing as like hire Red Bull girls, and then we just tell them to go to the store. And it's like, hey, standard condition job. Uh, you can have the free alcohol. Go for it. And it's six hours, and try to make some sales. Or inside of HEB or wherever, right? I mean, we can do this for wine, liquor, beer, any of it, right? There's people in HEB all the time. Yeah. It's just perfect. It's just absolutely. How do you how do you track the purchases? Um, I don't think you do. Maybe you have your person on site say who bought or who didn't, but they can't get they can't be perfect every time. Ooh, no! Give them a coupon, and you tell the store to like scan the yeah. code. That's fine bings you whatever i mean it's something that we can talk about offline but it is just such a easy business i think to start i don't know i don't know why i love this so much i, think I loved it so too dude when i saw it i was just like wow i think in my write-up to these guys here's what i said what did i say here i said uh texas brand ambassadors this is a cool part of business to outsource. I see plenty of other liquor companies with founders investors out there doing tasting events i think these guys are smart I can't believe there's a company whose sole focus is to run these things. Absolutely brilliant. I might start something up to compete with them. That's what I wrote in my write-up. So there you go. I, I think I there's to- there's extra stuff to know. Like you have to be 18 plus, of course. It's probably so you have to be TABC certified. But you're just serving, I guess. It's just, a, it's just a phone call to figure out all those rules. That is true. All right, let's move on. We'll talk off air about it. I think that's really smart. Oh, that's an interesting business. What's next? Um, there's this guy that popped off on Twitter named Private Equity Guy. Do you follow him? I don't follow him, but I'm sure I've seen him. Millions of these guys. What he fought? What he blew? Yeah, this guy apparently is in Switzerland and kind of goes crazy. But he had um, a tweet that just went crazy. I saved it. I'm gonna send it to you right now. But it basically says like, hey, I just got a bunch of followers for those people following me. I'm in you know, private equity and hold co. Um, tell me what company you operate in or what field you're in. And there's so many people that follow this guy that just are blasting and advertising their business. And it's similar to what you just did where you found Texas Brand Ambassadors and did write up. You should go through this entire list and find all of these businesses and see if any of them are like dude i'm really... absolutely about to hit up every single one of these people every single one of them uh, see, see i i knew what i was doing was special but your validation right there solves everything for me that's great dude uh, that was development like that guy just gave us a list of small businesses to hit up for business absolutely <laughs> I don't even need to post anything and respond. I don't care about that. I'm just going to go hit every single individual who responded and be like, Hey, sure. saw, you, saw you're doing this off of this tweet. Where, how can I help you? What can I do for you? It's beautiful. Um, I've got, I've got another one for you. You're probably going to hate this. I don't know. Um, but guess what stock year to date is up 51.67%. Coin. It might be up. That high too. They're up 75%, up. maybe. Shops up 105%. Who's up 51%? Is it Carvana? 51, 51% that everyone said, like, oh man, this is this isn't good. What's what's going on Tesla? with this giant? Yes, sir. Giant, giant company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you put in 10 grand in January 3rd, you'd be up to fifteen thousand dollars in your account. That's why I don't mess around in Tesla. There is literally no rationality to the way Tesla moves. It is all just like retail well, they, analysis. They jumped. Uh, what's the exact number? So I don't mess it up. Almost 11%. I think margins compressed pretty significantly, but they still beat um, revenue. 
I barely beat revenue, maybe barely beat earnings, but margins were like, they beat revenue. Oh, oh, that's what it was. Revenue from year over year went from like 17 to 22, but earnings mm-hmm. stayed relatively the same or pretty close to the same. So margins compressed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, did, I did. Actually, I just got getting, all that from tweets. I didn't even look into what they actually did. I'm so done with like Tesla and messing with Tesla that I was like, whatever. Screw <laughs> these guys. So. That is cool. Yeah, Tesla, Tesla can make you mad, and they yeah. should. But there, there's something that that has been honestly kind of annoying. Um, <laughs> but there's there's a handful of these stocks that since January, if we're going to pretend like we're still on the wash trade rally, which who was the first person that said that? Braden James. Yep. Braden James said it first. Said no first. one else said first. it. If we're in the midst of this, we are going to see what that means the first week of February. And I think, you know, Fed rate hike coming. We didn't have one in January and it has to happen in February. It's going to pull some stuff back. But my thought is if we get some positive clawback after that, right? That S&P right now, where are we at? It's 4060, 4060. Um, I assume we're going to hit February. It's going to go back below 4,000, but if it gets back to this level, I think that soft landing, the fed is just really trying to shove down everyone's throats might work out. It's possible. I mean, this is all like, right. Psychological dynamics, you know, and right now, January looks like good news and good news can spread. And so if February is good news too, after bad things happen. Yeah, dude, people might get optimistic and then it's kind of off to the races. So that's that's my thought process. So February's big. February is very, very big. The rate hike's very big. Uh, yeah. Everything could cut back down. But I mean, there's a lot of stuff. And I don't know, it sounds crazy to be like, oh, you know, shops up 105% and all these NASDAQ stocks are up 60%. It's funny because it's like, yeah, but they're still so far below where they were. Like, it's like, oh, you know, Riot yeah. used to be at 50, but now it went from three to six. And it's like, right. Right. So, I mean, these are the beginning of bull runs where like a lot of really crazy returns can happen and you don't want to miss it. Um, going from three to six is so much easier than going from six to 12. So it's like, man, if you can get in early on it, do it. Yeah. I'm watching closely. I can tell you that much. I'm watching very closely. Um, hmm. it is what are you looking at? What are you watching? All kinds of stuff. Um, Mostly just, I'm I'm just watching what happens through February fifteenth. Yep, across the board, across the board. Yeah. So. Yeah, we just have to make it to Valentine's Day, and then we're good, right? Yep. The only place I'm bullish that is external to uh, market dynamics is uranium. Still bullish <laughs> uranium. So. Yeah, you're making some bombs. No. No, but everybody's, everybody's bring nuclear is back, baby. Nuclear is back. Greta even said so. So you know, when Greta gets on the nuclear train, wait a minute, what did she say? Dude, Greta came out with some statement that was like, Europe needs to maintain the nuclear facilities in Germany and keep them running and not shut them down. And they need to expand their nuclear energy reach. Blah, blah, blah. It's like the next safe alternative. Now that, now that the greenwashing in Europe has just been completely exposed as like not capable of handling anything and Russia mm. like made them eat dirt. They're like, Oh, nuclear is the way to save face, you know, and Japan's turning on their nuclear reactors again. That is not Shima and India and China are expanding their nuclear. It's like, dude, uranium, bro. That's it. That's the way to do it. Uranium is probably going to be it, but what advances in nuclear science are we going to see that uses quote unquote safer materials? They're already safer now. Safer materials. I mean, the materials aren't the problem. It's the reactors and shutting down the reactor and turning them on. They're already Mm -hmm. safer now. They've been safer since Fukushima, right? People are just skittish and they're like, I don't know. The engineering has gone leaps and bounds better than what it was. Uh, Yeah. What was that innovation that came out? Like, uh, like a few weeks ago. Uh, that's fusion. That's fusion. Okay. 
that is like, yeah, that's years away. Um, that ain't yeah. time soon. That though doesn't really require uranium, I don't believe. Um, all it requires is just like, you know, uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of lasers to create just a little bit of energy. So they're not anywhere near scaling that. Like the amount of energy that they created is like so minimal that it's impressive that we have instruments to measure it, you know, quantum scale amount of energy. So, and that took like, like millions of dollars and all of these super crazy heavy lasers to do. So to actually do one that, that like power something substantial. Yeah. I mean, you're probably talking about billions of dollars later. So I've got something for you. One of the largest single checks written into a company. Uh, I remember this because this was on, I think, MLM, MLM, MFM uh, for a nuclear fusion startup. Helion scores $375 million investment from guess who? I already saw it. You don't want me to guess. I already heard it. Uh, Yeah. Oh, Sam Altman. Uh, Dude, a homeboy who created and worked and solved OpenAI put in the largest check. And this is November 2021. So this is over this is like a year and a half ago, um, which is wild. He puts that much into it, knows that nuclear fusion is going to take over. Um, I don't know what that says about solar companies. Or everything. Um, I when I heard that, I thought, "Hey, how does he have that much money? That's liquid." It just says him. <laughs> B. How on earth does he know that should go to one company? Like, what makes this company so good? So, nuclear fusion is something I really want to dig into, and I know nothing about. Um, no, it's interesting, but I would say it is so far timeline wise, right? He's also a really long-term thinker. So he wrote that check. What, when did he start open AI 2013 or something? 2012. Yeah. I I mean, you know, he's looking even 10 years in the future. I would be very shocked if they even like could power a house. I like very shocked. Just the physical limits of what can be done there are pretty, pretty stringent. But, you know, he's not writing that check saying, oh, yeah, in a year, this thing's going to be up and running and rocking and rolling. He's writing it for the 25-year, 30-year play um, where okay. yeah, he may own all of the energy. So who knows, man? Uh-huh. Who knows? I heard that, and I thought that's really stupid. Um, maybe he doesn't know the science. Maybe, maybe he's just like wishful thinking, right? He's a computer scientist. He's not a physicist. Um, yeah. And so when you get into open AI, he understands the computer science. He understands the field. Um, I have a good feeling he probably does not understand what goes into fusion. Um, I, I mean, all I know is what I've, I've read a nuclear physics book um, that was written by um, Oppenheimer, who was the guy who invented the nuclear bomb. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's the only context that I have. But the context that I have is like, man to scale that and make it actually valuable who knows how big the actual factory has to be. Right. I mean, this thing was a whole entire science facility with a bunch of lasers pointed at a little tiny, like can't even get down to the tiny piece of metal to create the smallest bit of energy. I mean, are we going to have to have football fields of, of lasers all pointing at something to create enough energy to power one house? I don't know. No. Scale, scale I think, I think that's the technology is the scale down is you can have the building the size of a house that just powers an entire city. Maybe. That would be phenomenal. I think that's what it's going to end up looking like. For all of our listeners in 2038 that are confirming yeah. this, yeah. thank you. I don't thank think it's so theoretically much. impossible, but I think it's like a 2100s uh, goal to get to. So. You know what they say about goals, man. You you're throwing some high years on this. I don't think anybody's gonna listen to us 70 years, 80 years from now. Who knows, dude? But we'll see. We'll see. 
So yeah, I've got one more for you. Um, it's an SAT science question. It's basically how much methane gas can be produced by 50 cows on a small piece of land that can then be converted into a flare <laughs> gets to power an entire crypto mining facility go i don't know man that's a tough one you know what's really funny <laughs> about that tweet though that we saw for those who need context there was a tweet of um i guess cows have some kind of disease where they generate a bunch of methane gas in their stomach and it's really awful and so vets have to release that gas what they do is they poke a little needle in there and then they light the other end of the needle so they can see when all the methane is exhausted, right? Because the methane is creating a fire. It's just yeah. like natural gas flares. I mean, that's the funniest thing. It's just like natural gas flares that everybody's powering their Bitcoin miners off of. Um, I think it's so funny to think about the Bitcoin miners coming in and offering to pay for cattle feed that generates that methane. So that then they are, they're, they're putting in the inputs to generate methane in the cattle's stomach to power their Bitcoin miners. Right. And then the cattle, the cattle just permanently have something that is like hooked up to them. Yeah, but how does, how does, how do they collect that gas? Like what's their concept of being able to get that methane gas that they can turn into energy? Because it's honestly a really big problem. Uh, you know, green, clean planet wise because agriculture especially cows cattle create some of the most harmful effects to the atmosphere if you were to create a way to like capture that before it gets to the atmosphere and then you turn it into a way to actually make something energy off of it that would be amazing but i don't know if it's even possible i was thinking about this i was like it's a billion dollar idea if you could create a dome, put all these animals on it, they produce this gas, you had some sort of air filtration center or system to pump in fresh air anyway, but you're collecting the gas that comes out and then you can use it for other things. Like, is that even possible or is that? I would say go modular with it, dude. How do people do it in oil and gas? They have one of two things. They have tank batteries, which is just a tank that is right next to site that everything loads up on. And then every once in a while, a truck will come to that tank, empty it and take it away to a midstream. Or they have pipelines directly hooked up on wellhead that will pipe to a midstream. Okay. So let's take that to the cow example. Either A, you got your tank batteries. And what I envision here is like Monsters Inc. You know how they have those laughing gas tanks or whatever, or like those scare tanks that fill up with energy, right? Yeah. Just strap a tank onto the cow. That's a vacuum tank. Vacuum tank means that air wants to go in, right? There's, there's nothing there, so it has space just pressure-wise for things to come in. Vacuum tank needled up with methane inside of the cow's stomach, and methane just flows into that tank instead of out of the cow. And then every once in a while, you bring the cows in, you take the tank, you empty it out into something else, truck it away, hook it back up. Now you're producing methane into that canister. B somehow wire up the cows. I don't know how much freedom they need, but just like an IV in a person's arm at a hospital, right? You can hook them up with a tube. That would be like the pipeline example. And everywhere yeah. they go, right? All the methane they produce is just tubing into one storehouse that is then being used by whoever for whatever. Um, that's one of two ways you can do it. So I think it's interesting. Are there harmful effects of taking the methane out of the cow that way though? That's what bothers me is I'm like get out uh, arts you could also hook up their yeah. hook it up to their butt and dry drain it out of their butt that's such a good like it's a visual now it's like hey we're the butt diaper methane gas cow people oh and we're going to sell your methane because it's actually energy i think uh, there's a way to make it go crazy if you give like the farmers and all these people a way to make money off of it, you know? Um, so it's like, hey, you guys have all this cattle anyway. These cows aren't really running, rarely. If you have this little tube on it and you take it off, then, you know, it generates this 
whatever. So you're basically just paying all the farmers a commission to do the work for you. And you just have to create the product and take it to all the farmers. So hopefully it reduces the methane by a certain amount. Oh man, I think that's really good. I think that's a really good idea. Um, all right. We should probably end with that. Um, I, I think this is a great one. You know, this is probably the best pod we've ever had. It's a good one. We're going to stay tuned for next week, especially that part of the beginning of how you made the $60 billion. That was like, I can't wait to hear about that idea. Um, This week we get a guest though. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good one. We're going to try a little structure. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, I I can right now, if you want and give a quick recap of that $60 billion idea. So the first thing,